Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. We've got a full crew this week. And Ham. Oh, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, oh, the boys are back in town. After and a win, host- we're back on the bandwagon. And your host, Hamish. Uh, but we were still there because um, it was a win the week before. So <laughs> they, they weren't happy enough with it. Okay. <laughs> what, what was a 30-point flogging over Manly? And you're not happy enough with it. I needed a 42-point oh. first half to get us back. Yeah, well, I guess there were a couple of people who weren't very happy with the win on the weekend. And with that a segue, well, let's move to it. Eels 48 to the Dolphins 20. Try scorers Davey Hopgood, Penasini, Gutherson. Uh, sorry, that's Penasini with a double. Um, Bailey Simonson, Sean Russell, and it was, sorry, Gutherson with a double as well. Mitch was 8 from 8 off the boot. Perfect. And that came from a halftime score of 42 to 4. Uh, let's just go to some of those team stats. We had almost 60% possession, an extra 10 minutes time in possession. We completed at 81%. I think we're up around close to 100% in the first half. Uh, yet that average play the ball speed is still slower. Um, effective tackle percent up at 89%-ish. Uh, the Dolphins had to make an extra 100 uh, and a couple tackles. They had 26 tackles to our tw- uh, 26 missed tackles to our 24. 26 ineffective tackles to our nine, 12 errors to our nine, two penalties conceded to our three, uh, one player on the report, that was Sebo for the raised forearm, uh, which has been dealt with by way of fine. So I'll start with you, Bertie. What did you like? What did you not like? Oh, well, first half, you know, I couldn't think of a better first half um, besides their first try. Um, just, it seemed like a training run, you know, like, and it's not like as if we did, you know, we did the same thing. We had the same play, but like it was different options in the end. Like if you look at... um the first try to Davey and even a Hopgood, it just seems like, um, it just seems like it was so easy. It came easy. And then that's probably what led to our second half, probably not being our best. You know, we got a bit excited a bit, um, you know, like it just seems like every time, and whenever we had a chance in the in goal line or in their red zone, we'd score. And they probably assumed that would be the same thing, but, um, we just had to come out and, and I, I'm, not often do you, you know, you win by almost 30, you almost hit 50 and then you, you have a bit of taste in your mouth and, it was just the um, it could have been better, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I, I just want to say like I feel as though this team um, they get a bit excited sometimes, and and you like lo- you love that you don't want to be like boring and like you know look at um, in terms of their play like they, they they play they see what they play if that makes sense whatever like I just feel as though um, wise up footy yeah exactly and like and you know you look at it like Moses is the perfect example he like he likes to shoot down the short side sometimes sometimes he doesn't he, you know he doesn't he runs and last but I just feel as though um they got a bit happy and. You know, Brendan Hands had that one error where he passes it pretty much to car right in front of him, I believe. And it's just, yeah, like, um, you look at the Dolphins, they scored three tries or pretty much long-range tries. Like, you know, with Hammer, most players, you know, it's very hard to score a long-range try. For Hammer, it just seems like, you know, every every second try of these is a long-range. And the only try that really uh, made me a bit upset was the Tafare try. Where it just seems like we're just backing off. And, you, you know, you've got a big center there. You've got to meet him, you know, head-on. You can't give him a, a you know, stunning run-up and... Yeah, that's the only negatives I can think of from, from that game. About 40. Yeah, I mean, there is that obviously classic sporting cliche, a game of uh, a couple of different halves there where the Eels were electric in the first and then not so good in the second. But again, the part of that was I think the Dolphins lifting their standards after they sputtered out of the gates in the second half. They then sort of locked it in. Uh, but yeah, that first half was outstanding. Uh, the Eels played that almost perfect blend of adventurous attacking football without, you know, pushing silly passes. And really the play that typified that perfectly was Bryce Cartwright. Uh, he pulled the trigger on a number of offloads that were all just placed perfectly without being reckless. 
uh, and it was good to see all the boys getting into score. Uh, outside of that, you know, Mitch probably had a, I'd say on the whole, a very good game, but there are a couple of select moments where he probably would have him back given how he sort of attacked uh, Hamaso Tabuifado, who is just electric. I mean, I love watching this guy play, uh, and, and he did it against us a couple of times uh, with uh, that kick with Mitch in the second half that was too shallow, and then um, obviously that first try, well, not first try, but he set up the first try of that big uh, break off the Felice Gafusi tip on, but then after scrum where Bowie Simonson got done, uh, he just you know took it to the house. So a very special player, very special talent. But for Parramatta, yeah, they, they did a very good job in the first half. And I was saying in the 60s that, for me, the second half wasn't as tilting uh, as some other people would have it have been. My old man in particular, he was kicking up a, a storm at home, was uh, you know real upset about how bad we were going and not going, like, you know, running them through with the sword. Uh, but getting into the bye... I don't want you know. Again, it's very cliche, but I don't want our eels to be you know too cocky and too confident, even though they deserve to be confident, but not too confident. The the second half they had sort of gave the coaches the ammunition they would have wanted to work them in the bye and you know keep them focused and dialed in and come out against a what looks to be a very very good New Zealand Warriors team in a couple of weeks and keep them locked in for that one. So yeah, really happy with the win. Happy with the core players. Jermaine Hopkins continues to excel, looking like the buy of the year. Uh, you know, when you look at value to production, just insane. And the scariest part is that we're still nowhere near our best. We're doing this with no Dylan Brown, no Sean Lane, guys backing up from origin. Uh, you know, this team is really, really starting to whir and the media is starting to catch on to it and, and sort of neutral pundits are starting to catch on to it and everyone's starting to look over their shoulder as the eels sort of storm into contention. Well, yeah, you talk especially, about... Oh, sorry. I was just going to follow on for that and say, especially that first half had uh, people looking over their shoulders. Yeah, well, you look you look at the crispness of those, like that's as Birdie and Forty have pointed out that it wasn't like off the cuff stuff that did it. We obviously had a plan to hit the edges and then use the offloads, and it, it really isolate the halfback coming in. We've it was very well tact, uh, tactically and very well coached. That you know that was our plan, and we stuck to it. And the great thing about it is um, Moses made sure that we did stick to that. Those plays, as Birdie pointed out, the, they had a couple of options, but it was essentially the same play every time. Where uh, the ball, you know, two or three tackles off the kickoff, shift to Cartwright, and then Cardi either stands to pass to Penasini or delivers an offload to Moses, and we we're away. Like it was absolutely perfectly uh, executed, perfectly coached, perfectly tactitioned. You know, and 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 to think that first half when when the Dolphins scored. I wasn't worried because the the two sets that we'd had, we were we rolled through them. I think the opening set of the game, we made seventy meters on the ground, yep. which on the on the first set of the game, that's when you should be defending and trying keeping a team in their own half. So I knew we had them, and then obviously Tabuai Fido, his speed, um, a poor kick from Moses, a fortunate bounce for Galfusi who picked it up to pass to Fido who raced through. I was a bit worried when they went through, and luckily uh, Braden McGrady threw that <laughs> flick past. My God, my gosh! Uh, you know, Sevo. I, th- I think it was Sevo coming back the other way. He might have had him, but even still, throwing that flick pass in that situation, no one was expecting it. Hold on to it. He probably scores, but luckily he did because after that, it was all Parramatta. It was all one-way traffic. It was incredible. Uh, my thoughts on the second half. I said at halftime, 
I don't care if we score another if we don't score another point because to put on seven tries in any game, if we did that over eighty minutes, say if we scored three tries first half, four tries second half, you're going brilliant attacking. So the fact that we did it in one half, I don't care that we didn't we only put on one more try. I understand that two of the tries in the second half were long range, but still to keep them to if we had kept them to four, uh, I believe over the past five games we've conceded on average thirteen let's say 13.6 points per game. If we had kept them to four over the past five games, we would have only averaged 10.4 points against us per game. I, I understand the opposition hasn't been quality. Uh, in in that time, though, we have played the Rabbitohs and we have played the Cowboys who have been on a bit of a resurgence. So there was two good teams followed by Bulldogs, Manly and the Dolphins. If we'd, if we'd kept them to four, 10.4 points, two tries and one conversion, that's... That's incredible defensive work. So a few things to tighten up. But overall, putting on 48 points in a game, I, I, I was absolutely stoked. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, I thought for, for, I think it was the third and the fourth try. Um, after we scored the third one, went down, got a drink, and then came back and thought we were still watching the replay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but obviously a different try scorer. But you're right, that first half, lots to be happy about. That second half, we did get into that sort of malaise. But it, it is hard to keep it up when you've completely outplayed your opponent to such an extent. And you have won. Already over. You've won the, like you score seven tries, you've won the game. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. and It'd be, it'd be very hard to come back and... the. Get yourself back up. But also, the opposition, they don't want to have seven more tries put against them. So they're obviously... And, you know, the the Dolphins... I, I said in the preview pod, I don't think the Dolphins will roll over as easy as Manly did. And you look at... you got the Bromwich brothers, you got Kalfusi, Ray Stone, uh, Nichols. Like, I, I think we saw that in the second half that they thought, no, we don't want to be embarrassed here anymore. That they, they stood back up and they started playing, you know, the solid football that we have seen from the Dolphins with a little bit of... Flashiness from Tabio Fido. One one moment that did make me smile in the game was when Will scored the try, not the one where he went absolutely beast mode on you and Aiken, but the other one where he backed up and got the easier try. I think it was uh, Ray Stone sort of dived at him late when he scored the try, and uh, Will Pizzetti turned around and saw it was Ray, and they sort of like cleared off each other, and they're all good. It was uh, just a good bit of uh, sportsmanship from a couple of ex-mates there, or ex-mates, ex-teammates, still mates. I phrase that one boy, but yeah, they sort of dapped each other up after and made sure there was no bad blood there. Can, can we talk about that first drive from Bensini? Like, uh, he, bumping, yeah, he, like destroying you and Aiken. Who was a very good defensive center. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he runs like an NFL running back. He gets so low and, and leans so aggressively into contact that he creates these big, you know, bump plays. We've seen him do it time and time again. Uh, it's uh, very difficult to defend against, and he does it very, very well. And he's 21. Yeah. He's just doing 21. Yep. That's, he's, we've got to lock him up. I know, I understand he's re-signed for two more years. I think at the end of 2025, I believe he signed up until, but you look, you look at future leaders, you look at future captains of this club, I think he, he's one of them. At 21 years old, I, you know, I, I don't think I've seen someone come into first grade and have that sustained success, especially in the backs. Because usually you have a big a boom a rookie. They come, in at, they come in at 18, 19. They fly out of the gates. They look good. And then they have that plateau period. Will hasn't had that. He's just continued to grow. I mean, you look at... Swali who? Yeah, I was going to say, you look at Swali. He had, you know, the, the first two seasons, you know, they're talking about him playing Origin. And now... Been best. You know, and then, you know, back to Penasini, like, 
you know, he can beat you multiple ways. You look what he did to Alamotti, you know, this year. He's literally skipped around him, you know, you beat him with footwork. You know, he just pretty much ran over Atkin. Like, and don't forget, you know, when he, in his first, you know, first couple of games, he put the fend on, you know, Burton. Like, he, yeah. this guy is like, you know, he's got, just when you, if you go low, he's going to run you over. It just feels though, like, you know, I agree. We should um there was, look to sign him up. There was one moment that, that the camera barely caught it because it was so fast, but we played the right edge short side and he almost did like a tunnel ball tip on that got it out to Sean Russell. Uh, and you had this like do a double take because it looked like the ball being uh, like knocked down, but it hadn't. He'd like literally just let it flow through his hands and like tipped it through. It was a beautiful little thing. Well, that's the thing, but you know, you go low on him, he's going to bump you off. The winger comes in, he's going to have that. He's quick enough and, you know, quick between the ears, he's going to get the pass out to the winger. It's, you know, it's it's a shame that New South Wales uh, are fascinated with playing fullbacks on at centre because I, I I really truly think that he's maybe not quite yet maybe give him two two to three years and he would be the perfect Origin centre maybe even not that long give him another give him another twelve months he'd be the perfect Origin centre he's big he's powerful um, he's He's a quiet kid, but he doesn't seem like he would hold back if a leadership role needed to be taken upon him. Yeah, definitely not. Well, we saw him come through um, uh, in in what's it, is it, what college is it called? Um, uh, Kings. Kings. Yeah, college, Kings. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the captain of that team that had Swali in it. So um, he's always sort of had that that potential for leadership there, um, and it's something that he's brought to his game. Uh, in first grade over the last couple of years. And, and you guys are completely right. He hasn't had that second-year syndrome. We haven't seen it. Um, and given, is this his, this is really his full second season in first yeah, grade? Yeah, well, five, five games in his rookie season, yeah. So, yeah, you'd, you'd say this is his full proper second season. I don't know if it was this game or the last game. I think it was Cartwright gave him a bad pass and he literally, you know, he gave it to Cartwright, let him know that wasn't good enough. Like, he shows already leadership. And this is, you know, as I said, a guy in his, you know, third technically year, Telling you know a veteran in Cartwright, you know the part you did was not good enough, and so like it's just yeah he's pretty switched on, and I can't think of anything like usually you can think of a player oh he needs to work on this, like the only thing I can think of really is um I don't know, his, his defense is great he's probably like his ball playing but even then like I don't know you know we're pretty much blessed with talent to have him finally we've got a center who we can you know build around essentially that that right that right edge. Well, you talk about centers you can build around. I've, t- I've spoken to Wax Lyrical about him for the past month, but Bailey Simonson, this is now his third game in a row. He's run over 200 metres. This is exactly exactly what we needed at the start of the year where we had someone making bulk carries, making bulk tackle breaks. It, yeah, he is, and he's, he's quick too. Whenever a break's made, Bailey's there. And, you know, it wasn't the perfect game for him too. He had a couple of defensive lapses, which is, once again, not terrible because it's something you can coach up. So he's playing really good football with room to improve, which is fantastic. So it, it's also like we spoke, boys, about the importance of having our backs lifting in these in the, the sort of the defensive carries because when you put your Al Ford back in that position to be fresh in advantage positions, like look what they do. They just dominate. <clears throat> so very, very good to see this back line, uh, you know, headed by Penasini and Simonson. But, you know, I know Mike has got his downs, but he's been a lot more consistent and Sean Russell's really growing in confidence on that right wing. So... Really good to see them going well. I tell you what was nice to see out there, Junior Paulo and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard on the same field at the same time. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been. It has been. I thought June's had a great uh, stint. Uh, looked really good playing direct and, and physical. Had a really nice offload that set up a big line break. 
uh, Reg, there was a little little scare in the game where he sort of was rubbing at his, I think it was his right peck, uh, but he looks to be okay because I think he was spotted enjoying the uh, the classic post uh, post win celebratory beer, which is a you don't get to do it if you're injured, so he should be good. And yeah, Reg. Well, I don't know if he can do much more to get picked for Origin, but you know it's been obviously to our benefit that he hasn't. Uh, but yeah, the big man is just so so good. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember them on the field at the same time. I don't know if they were on the field at the same time, but it was nice to see them on the same field on the same oh. day. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. should have been. I should have specified properly. Oh, no, you're right. They... You're, you're right to pull me up, Ham. <laughs> you, you, you got me worried there because I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't remember them. But you, you know, I, I'm. I'm happy that Junior had the limited minutes after Origin and we were able to provide that because if he had played 60, it means we would have been behind or we would have been a close game. So I'm glad he only had to play 35, but he he must have known he was only going to play short minutes because it was it was like he was on fire. He had spiders on him. They didn't, they didn't want to touch. He had two line break assists. What prop has two line break assists? Only one, Junior Bolo. I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn, but uh, I was on the pod last week. But I did have a prediction. <laughs> I did say Hopgood try and try assist. So I'm about to start charging for my, um, you know, predictions, you know, services. So yeah, get on board. A new rugby league guru. Hundred percent. You know, who would have thought uh, Hop? And it was the first two involvements for our tries were through Hopgood. So that, that yeah. line he ran. Oh, not not it wasn't even a line. He just got early ball and he targeted in between the half and the second row and just gunned it. It's, not, for it's it. not like he hasn't been physical this season. He's played with plenty of grit and toughness, but the last two games against Manly and then the Dolphins, he's had that extra gear of physicality, hasn't he, where he's just bulldozed dudes. You know, he's gone through forwards and halves and, and you know, whoever's been in his way and just carried them over the trial and the score. So he is in seriously good form. And uh, with that Thomas Flegler injury, uh, it's going to come down to him and Corey Horsburgh for origin free, and I sure hope – I mean, I, I would not begrudge him the origin pick, right? But uh, selfishly, you'd like him to be available for the Eels. But he's he's certainly making a compelling case to be picked by Billy's fault uh, for Billy's fault to pick him. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, for Parramatta, I hope he isn't. But again, we said about Penasini. I've said it about Hopgood before. He's 15 games into his NRL career. What about when he's 100 games in? What sort of play is he going to be? Even 50 games in, give him another preseason. He's a he, they talk about Isaiah Yo, they talk about Cameron Murray, they talk about Victor Radley. <laughs> Jermaine Hopgood is he's gonna be the best middle forward in the game by the end of next year. Easy. Yeah, he definitely should make it. Um but talking when we came into it, Ham and Ham show, uh talking about the big boy bench, um, it served us well and it might have to serve us well going forward, uh, with the, the injury to um uh to Hodgson. But we might touch on that in the news. But all in all, um, really good first half. A little bit of a letdown in the second, uh, especially defensively. Uh, but, you know, we come out of this game, the most tries scored in the competition, most points scored in the competition, and then we're still in the top five as a defensive unit. So all in all, after the start that we had to the year, uh, we're looking in pretty good stead uh, coming to the back end of the origin period. All right. Anybody want to do some New South Wales Rugby League or we want to skip over that one? Not particularly. <laughs> uh, we'll start with that. The Jets, we expected them to win and they did win well. Uh, 40 points to the Eels, 22. Uh, but Luca Moretti getting over there uh, in the first, fourth minute. So uh, straight down the front door, uh, knocking down the front door. Um, Mulatalo, Duri and Zaccini all going over. Ranking three from four off the boot. 
but uh, again, the Jets too good there. Did anybody get out there and see that one? No, it clashed with the kickoff for NRL, so it was terrible scheduling as always by NRL New South Wales Rugby League. I suppose the uh, the big thing here in this game was the Jet. We know the Jets are a top tier cup team. They've got a seriously loaded roster, um, which you know I wouldn't mind poaching a couple of players off to be to be perfectly honest. But uh, compared to the last couple of weeks where we've been absolutely routed by the first half. Uh, it actually took the Jets to like, I think, the 57, 58th minute to uh, really put this game beyond reach. Uh, I think it was, what, 28, 22 at that point. So it was really close. Uh, no, it wasn't quite 22. It would have been uh, 20, something, 20 something to 16, I think. So they did a good job fighting back in this one and, and creating a contest as opposed to the last couple of weeks against uh, Blacktown Worker Seagulls. God, I hate saying that. And uh, the Bulldogs, where we just got completely done within 15, 20 minutes, honestly. Let's get on to some positive news then, which was in the flag. Eels 22 to the Sharks 12. Matt Arthur getting a brace there. Charlie Geimer and Araz Nanva all going over. Ethan Sanders three from four off the boot. Um, and then there was a Sinbin each there. Richard Penasini going off in the, the well, both uh, going off in the 58th minute. Uh, Ham 40. I haven't heard any. <laughs> I, I, watched, I watched the replay. Uh, well, not the replay, sorry, the highlights. They looked pretty good. Um, but it just goes to show what, what this team can accomplish when, well, you know, I don't want to talk him up too much, but when Anthony Sanders gets back on the field, I understand he played SG ball and I understand he's 19, but this Jersey flag is his team. And when you see him play Jersey flag, he owns the field, he owns the ball, he owns the moments, he owns the game. Like, I, 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 w- I would like to see him come up to... New South Wales Cup eventually. I understand that New South Wales Cup have the bye this week. And I, I think he's maybe got a rep honour coming his way with the uh, under-19s. Um, I feel like he could be the halfback there because I've seen them all and he's head and shoulders above any 19-year-old half um, in the SG ball competition. I don't know who's been playing uh, reserve grade or higher, but he's he's the best. So, you know, you give him a couple of weeks for that, but... I hope to the end of the year that Ethan is is somehow playing reserve grade New South Wales Cup because I think that will elevate New South Wales Cup and it will elevate Ethan before he goes into another NRL preseason. Um, can can he play? Sorry, I was say, can he play another position? Like, like could he start off on the bench or is it just no nah, straight in half? There's no like Ben Hunt where he can play hooker a bit sort of thing. Well, you could, well, I don't know if he could play hooker, but the way they've been playing the other half. It's been a second row the past three weeks, so maybe that is something they could look at. Maybe start the game forty minutes with that second row, and then push them out. But I, I, I reckon Ethan could handle it. He's he's a strong character. He's a strong player. He's physically big enough, I, I believe. Um, he could, he could handle eighty minutes, and I think that um, well, we saw the last Gun Junior half that we had coming through. Dylan Brown, we're playing him in reserve grade at eighteen years old. And he went on to play first grade the very next year. So um, I don't think Ethan is as physical as Dylan Brown was, phys- as physically blessed as Dylan careful, Brown. Careful there. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about him that way. Um, but I, th- I think he's got a few more halfback qualities about him that uh, Dylan Brown didn't have at the same age. The other thing, looking at those highlights, it looked like, and also the stats too, can he score two tries? But he also had a try assist for Charlie Geimer. I thought that Matty Arfa had a very strong game. Uh, maybe playing, it's hard to tell, but maybe playing 70 minutes the full game at dummy half because look, Nick Lanaz was at lock and he can always uh, be the backup dummy half from there. But I wonder if they entice, entice him or trusted him with the full game. Yes, it's a wait and see proposition. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it might be trusted this week, at least in reserve grade, given that we don't have first grade, uh, don't in flag rather than reserve grade, because we don't have reserve grade or first grade playing. But um, first, let's get to the news, which was Hodgson, that injury. He's gone and had surgery on the neck, so um, it's a bit hard to dislodge that little blue tablet up here. <laughs> 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 We're, we're, we're still waiting to see exactly what uh, that's going to see, whether it spells the end of his season or not. Apparently, it's going to be a couple of weeks um, post-operation uh, uh, till he gets that checkup. But, yeah, um, bit of a bit of a strange one. Woke up with a sore neck, and then he's out pretty much for the season after having to get neck surgery. Yeah, it's kind of – it puts the Eels in a precarious position too, as we saw in the uh, – was it the 21 final series? Uh, where yeah. we, we went down four hookers deep and – it can come back to hurt you big time in the big games. And Brendan Hans is obviously doing a wonderful job. Uh, and he should be seen as the number one hooker in Josh, Josh Hodgson's absence. But the club might must be surely tempted to be looking at the market, seeing what's available, if they can get a, a handy sort of bridge option for maybe one and a half years uh, to be the sort of third hooker behind Hodgson and Hans when everyone's fit. But right now be the number two. Well, having I've, said I've, that, that's the, the news that Mitch Rayner's retired as well. So you're, you're down that... Um potential hooker option, although he hasn't played much first grade in the last couple of years. It's still somebody with experience in first grade. I, there's a few options, dummy half options you could look around. I think uh, the Tigers, they've had Talon De Silva come up over uh, Jake Simpkin. Who they've, you know, look, the, the players that will suggest they're not going to be first grade players. They're going to be either project players or they're going to be journeymen, I think. You know, yeah. Simpkin from the Tigers. I think it's Jake Simpkin. Jake Simpkin, right. yeah. Um, I was thrown out earlier today. I think Kyle Flanagan. It'd be it'd be interesting to see how he would go um, in that hooking role because you could build him up. He's you know I think halfback's probably too much pressure on him. But if you put him in reserve grade, give him the number nine, and then say if Nick Lenars or Matty Arthur come up and they're playing too good a footy to keep him or to move him out of that dummy position, you've already got a halfback there. And it's you know you're, to have a, a first grade halfback with um, experience playing in the reserve grade, it's always it's always good. So I, I think Kyle Flanagan might be a potential option, but he'll probably go to the Dragons, I reckon. Yeah, well, he's definitely not staying with the Bulldogs, um, no. as far as we can see, despite what Gus might tell you. <laughs> um, that's about the only real news, isn't there? Other than there's a whole host of signings for for other clubs, which are seeing to put them behind the eight ball. Um, do we want to talk about what's happening over at Manly with their signing spree? Just I, was just, I was going to say, Sivo's suspension are fine. That's his fourth of the year. Yeah, I, I didn't think there was as much in that as was made out, especially not in the telecast. Yeah, you know, he did have the bumper up a little bit, but it hit it hit the forearm. The well, not the forearm, but like the 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 topper part of the arm, um, and then just it sort of went up from there. Um, it's like one of those head high tackles where it starts you know, on the upper chest and then just unfortunately slips up. Um, the, the, the only thing is, like, if this was another, like, uh, you know, if this was another, say if this was Nas getting his fourth contact challenge, surely, you know, we'd, we'd be calling for um, a suspension. I, I think that maybe the NRL needs to look at, you know, something here where I think they've got unlimited grade ones. So well, I, this I is the way they wanted to go down because they yeah, listened true. to Gus and Gus says, you know, we need players playing footy every week. Um, we can't have players sitting on the sideline, um, and you know we've got a um, the chief executive in there who does whatever Gus tells him to do on his podcast. So fucking yeah, hell. Well, and you know what, what a shocker that I disagree with Gus Gould. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I can understand wanting players to play, um, but you know, if you want to rub out this sort of this sort of um, these behaviours, and what happened? Like Sebo is so good at fending off players. Yeah, I don't. Under, why is why is all of a sudden the elbow being bent? Put the arm out. Put the arm out, Micah, and use that fend again. You were so good at it. I don't understand. Any other news other than I guess uh, Manly seeming to never want to play uh, or be competitive? Oh, we got. Uh, disgracing the referee, potentially, uh, allegedly. If you want to oh, talk Reece about Walsh, Walsh. Yeah. Well, you know, he carried on the way that he did post-Origin. And, you know, whilst I thought it was New South Wales, uh, you know, Fox and and um, and Luai, who were making absolute gooses of themselves, Walsh didn't do much better. And um, if you let a player carry on like that and be uh, clapped on the back about it all and told that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and yes, he should go on with it. And what do you think is going to happen when he gets back to Clubland? He's yeah, only exactly. 19, and he doesn't certainly doesn't have a brain on him. So no, and it, it was you know he should have been binned well before that. He was constantly challenging the referee when he's not the captain. Uh, this is where referees they need to grow a spine, they need to grow a backbone for themselves and stop this player behaviour because it's only going to get worse if they, if they allow this and you know. I, I don't I, look. I've seen the footage personally. I think he did say it to the referee, but well, that's up to the judiciary to to decide. But I, I guess because I'm a opposition supporter, both in Clubland and State of Origin. But I hope he gets four to six weeks. You you can't be you can't be within earshot saying that sort of stuff to the referee. I think if Origin three wasn't going to be a dead rubber, it'd be a different proposition for the MRC. Yeah, I agree. If, if if New South Wales had a chance of winning the series, we would have seen a, a different potential. We haven't, we're waiting for the outcome still as a, they go to judiciary right now, but we'd, we'd be seeing a much more clear cut. Okay, well, he's just going to get three weeks, four weeks. Uh, sorry, sorry, he wouldn't get that. He'd get like maybe one game or nothing. Now they can comfortably say, yeah, you know what, we'll just give him three, four weeks where we want to give him to make a, a stance without it costing our big revenue raiser uh, any sort of uh, issues. But who cares? The Broncos. Yeah. They're going to they're collapse in the back half of the season anyway. So. Even with Ben Hunt. Well, I, I think, um, you know, at last, Dragons show a little backbone. Uh, even yeah. if they do finally release him, make sure you get something good in return. Don't just get some nobody, no name player. Uh, okay, well, let's leave the news there. Then the only football <clears throat> in the top three grades this weekend uh, is the Jersey flag. Uh, which is round 18, which will see the Eels taking on the West's Tigers at Ringrose Park. So Jock Brazel out there, Nicholas Lenaz and Lachlan Blackburn come in. Um, what's up with Jock? He might just be, be rested because he's seen as more part of the senior squad, or he could be a late inclusion. Uh, it's always hard to tell when the Cup's got to buy. They they might throw Jonte and Arthur and uh, Jock back in on game day. All right, well, looking at that, the Eels are in ninth on the ladder with six wins, uh, which is equal seventh. Um, Newcastle have had three buys already, and they've only had five wins and are one ahead of us. Uh, and West are in 11th on four, so this is really a game we should be winning, especially yeah, after we, the performance last week. Yeah, well, we easily counted of uh, the Tigers earlier this year when we sort of we didn't have these SG ball players step up, so um, I think it's pretty much the same Tigers squad that they faced. Uh, it looks pretty similar. They had uh, Faletti, they had Sakuru, Matai, Chester, Tanus. So they had all their big name players. Um, and then obviously we've been bumped up by the SG Ball inclusion. So, 
you know, a charge towards the finals. I think it started last week. They've got to continue with this one. They'll be in front of a bumper crowd at Ringrose Park. I think there'll probably be about 30 people there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's it's time to get the get the job done, boys. I guess as many as that were at that uh, Rabbitohs game. <laughs> or I yeah. guess the Roosters game, the 6.15pm game. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, in other... Well, I guess other Eels news or Eels games are the junior development squads are playing throughout the uh, holiday period to Parramatta Maris and then um, a couple of different other Parramatta teams. Yeah, the uh, never really ends a development cycle for the Eels and for the other major clubs, obviously. But yeah, the 2024 sort of junior rep seasons and the development squads, they start now. <laughs> they, they, these, you know, the kids, the boys and girls, they're going to be fighting for Mats and Tasha Gale and SG Ball Spots. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, they are. Quick pod's a good pod. That's Might it. Over there. <laughs> um, and the Eels, of course, with the bye over the week. So uh, we expect to get Sean Lane coming out in the next team list Tuesday. Hopefully some clarity on Dylan Brown too, given he's got a second court appearance in the meantime before we play the Warriors. So we might, we might. there's there's no guarantees, but we might have an update on where he stands with the NRL. I just, I just, want, I just, want, to, I just want to know how long he's going to be out for. That's all yeah. I like. If you know, if he's going to be out for the rest of the year, he's going to be out for the rest of the year. If he's not, I just, I just want to know so we can, you know, it'll, it'll be a plan for the club. Yeah, I think the uh, the plan at the moment is to play Dejon Arcee because the wheels of justice turn very slowly, and I very much doubt things will be finalised tomorrow. Yeah. All right, well, let's leave it there. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy some replays of the Eels' win over the Dolphins while we sit on the bye this week. And uh, hopefully we'll be bringing you next t- uh, team list Tuesday with Sean Lane named in the starting second row. Woo. All right, gentlemen, I'll catch you on the next pair of podcast. Thank you.